2: The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. ninety eight Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, Episode 174, which I'm calling Long Summer Short Episode. Yeah, this month has been brutal. Not so much the temperatures, but the humidity. But well, we finally had a nice downfall of rain today, which made it kind of tolerable out. I hope this clears out the humidity for the upcoming week, which is forecasted to have higher temperatures. Well, enough about me. Let's just get started here. Tech News. All hail Threads, the magic Twitter Slayer. Well, not so fast as a lot of veteran Twitter users have given Meta's entry into the, quote, Internet's Town Hall, unquote, sweepstakes, a pause. Besides not having all the features of Twitter, like hashtags and direct messaging, users are having problems with the TikTok-like algorithm Threads employs and don't care for the perceived feel of the new social platform. Again, I must tell you that I haven't downloaded Threads and have no intention of doing so, meaning everything I say here is from secondhand descriptions. Still, Meta is reporting that over 100 million people have signed up for Threads so far, with that number increasing every day. The complaints I've read of are that users are having trouble seeing posts from those they follow and what is appearing in their feeds they have little interest in. The latter must result from the happy, shiny TikTok-like algorithm that elevates content it assumes will make you feel good instead of content it thinks will cause you to engage. Who knew that some people prefer to be outraged? While the tech press is predicting the death of Twitter based on data traffic statistics as evidence, It seems the engagement data with Threads is way lower than Twitter's. So don't write off Twitter just yet. The app is still developing into a WeChat of the Western world where you will spend all of your online time on, regardless of operating system, because the app itself will become the operating system. Have you given Threads a try? Drop me a line. Let me know what your opinion is of it. Elon Musk has announced a new artificial intelligence company, reads the headline from CNN. Yeah, I can't believe I'm using that media company as a source either. The company will be known as XAI and headed by Mr. Musk himself. XAI will work closely with Twitter and Tesla on fulfilling its stated mission of trying to understand the true nature of the universe. Well, that sounds like a noble, if not lofty goal. But then again, what do I know? Must supposedly decided to create his own AI after ChatGPT put in safeguards to prevent it from spewing biased and sexist responses. Well, those are CNN's words, not mine. We all know, or should know, that that's not what really happened. What actually happened is that users of ChatGPT were reporting that the AI chatbot had gone woke, in their opinion, based on the unequal responses received while asking about political things. I covered this in a previous episode. Now, in Musk's own words, quote, the danger of training AI to be woke, in other words, lie, is deadly, unquote. Now the rest of the article goes on to criticize Mr. Musk for various things, which is par for the course with a legacy media outlet such as CNN, which loses relevancy as time goes on. Whatever happened to just the facts? A lost journalism art, for sure. According to Engadget.com, Evernote, once the premier note-taking application available, has fired most of its U.S.-based workforce and is moving to Europe. This comes after Milan-based app developer Bending Spoon purchased Evernote last November. And that's something I didn't know, or maybe I'd just forgotten about it. I used Evernote upon its release way back in 2008 for a couple of years because there was nothing like it on the market at the time. It was so advanced that authors claim to have written their books using it. I punched out when Evernote adopted the subscription model and switched to Microsoft's OneNote. Since then, the competition has caught up with Evernote and many similar note-taking applications can do just about everything Evernote can and for free. Take a gander at Apple's Notes app, which is included with all iOS and macOS machines. It does everything Evernote does, if not more, as long as you're in the Apple ecosystem. OneNote, well, not as feature-packed as Evernote and Notes, Is, like Evernote, a cross-platform app having native apps for most operating systems? Then again, you could access Apple Notes on iCloud.com if your IT department allows you to do so. Evernote hasn't been profitable for years, and I doubt the company's new owners will make it so. There's just too much competition. Well, unless they're going to go the made-and-hosted-in-Europe way. Maybe Microsoft and Apple will snap up the laid-off U.S.-based Evernote workers. I'd bet they could pick them up at a pretty good rate. If you were one of those people who were using other people's passwords in order to watch stuff on Netflix, well, I guess the next item will be good news. Sort of. No, you won't be able to continue using that password. Instead, Netflix has made it easier to transfer that bootlegged profile you were using over to your new paid account. This will allow you to keep your account details, viewing history, and preferences. I hear that since cracking down on shared passwords, Netflix subscriber numbers are way up. Well, I recently resubscribed to Netflix and I'm already thinking of cancelling my subscription. Beyond catching up on a few television series, there really isn't much to watch on that service. DigitalTrends.com had some bad news for those who were looking forward to the rumored 32-inch M3 chipped Apple iMac, which the tech press speculated would arrive this autumn. The article cites Apple's rumored journalist par excellence, Mark Gurman, as saying that the company has delayed the release of the new iMac model until the end of 2024. What? In more bad news, Gurman is claiming that the currently available M1 chipped 24-inch iMac will not see a chip upgrade until the second half of 2024. And here I thought I'd be getting one of those iMacs come this fall. I guess that's why nobody pays me to think. I don't understand why the 24-inch iMac has to wait almost a year for a measly chip upgrade. Maybe Apple intends to do a complete overhaul of the current iMac and have it coincide with the release of the upcoming 32-inch iMac. Well, time will tell. Tech I'm using. So, did you snag anything good from Amazon during the company's Prime days? And the only good deals that interested me were the base model MacBook Air for about 800 bucks and some good deals on Ring cameras which I took advantage of and Samsung external SSD drives. In fact, the model I just paid 90 bucks for could be had for 50 bucks. Ouch. I bought two of Ring's indoor cameras for $25. Normally they would have cost $50. Yeah, you can never have too many cameras in my opinion. Did you get to buy anything during Amazon's Prime Days? Well, I bit the bullet and loaded the public beta of iOS 17 on my iPhone, along with iPad OS 17 on my iPad, Watch OS 10 on my Apple Watch, and TV OS 17 for my Apple TV. All devices are running well, and I like the new features. Now, some of these features won't be useful until everyone else is on these upgrades come this September. FaceTime on Apple TV is cool, but really isn't necessary, and I find it sort of distracting. I've only played with it once, so we'll see if it's useful for me in the future. I really wish you could have different backgrounds while using FaceTime a la Zoom Teams and just about every other video conferencing app out there. I just don't understand why Apple refuses to do this. You can't even find a third-party app that brings this feature, and I know this because I've looked. I am enjoying the new widget-based faces on the Apple Watch Series 7 my lovely wife and I are currently rocking. We'll most likely upgrade to the incoming Series 9 next March. Sure, I'd like to get an Apple Watch Ultra, but I refuse to pay the $800 price for one. For that price, you can buy a base model MacBook Air if you catch a sale. Other than that, it remains quiet on the tech I'm using front. Entertainment News Again, the old Ford household is running out of entertainment content to consume from the myriad of services we subscribe to. I mean, there's plenty of content out there, but not much that we would like to watch. With the writers and now actors on strike, this situation will not be getting any better anytime soon. Then again, with the garbage Hollywood has been cranking out lately, perhaps it doesn't make any difference. You know, I used to be a voracious reader back in what I fondly refer to as The Day this might be the right time to dust off the old Kindle Voyage and download some spy thriller novels and get back into it. Hollyweird seems to be stuck in a rut these days with movies based on comic book heroes or Disney making politically correct live action movies based on old animated films or resurrecting old IP and rearranging it until no one recognizes it, much less want to watch it. They are losing millions of dollars per release, so you'd think they'd go back to the old drawing board, but it's as if they just can't help themselves, thinking the audience will eventually catch up to their idea of entertainment. Evidence the leak of set photos from the upcoming live-action remake of the classic Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs animated movie. You know, the main character is called Snow White for a good reason. Her skin was supposedly white as snow. So what do they do? They cast an actor of Colombian descent who has brown skin. The Seven Dwarfs? Well, they cast but one. The rest are just a diverse bunch of hipster-looking people. The icing on the cake is the horrible-looking costumes, which look like they were bought from a thrift store. As the comedian Chrissy Marr tweeted, the movie should be titled Snow Brown and the Seven-Figure Loss. (laughs) Referring to the amount of money that this will probably lose. Sheesh. When you
1: visit Arizona, time is measured in moments.
2: Podcast news. Remember a couple of years ago when Spotify was snapping up podcasts for millions of dollars and made them exclusive to their platform? Yes. Well, as soon as these podcasts are able, they seem to be leaving Spotify and returning to the old non-exclusive RSS feed for distribution. I think these shows realize that being exclusive to Spotify or any other platform, that they're limiting their audience and advertising money. Add in subscriptions and Patreon support, and they probably do better than working for a set amount of money paid to them for being exclusive. I wonder what Joe Rogan is going to do when his contract is up with Spotify. I'd wager that he won't be renewing. Spotify wants to cut expenses, so maybe they're not up for renewing these shows anyway. Hey, Spotify, the OFNT podcast is up for exclusivity. I'd do it for a quarter of what you paid for these shows. <laughs> Besides AI scanning podcasts for supposed misinformation, we have a new service from the company Oxford Road, which scans podcasts for civility. I don't believe anything should scan any podcast for anything that could lead to censorship, but Oxford Road's service, which is called Seeker, claims to spot instances of ad hominem attacks that occur at any point in the show, so advertisers can avoid getting caught in the crossfire. This is according to the Podcast Business Journal. Ironically, the shows that have the lowest marks for civility are the so-called progressive podcasts such as Pod Save America and the like. Speaking of civility, I've had to unsubscribe from a few podcasts with WATP, or Who Are These Podcasts, being the biggest one because they've devolved into nothing more than attacking other podcasts instead of just providing constructive criticism with some humor. A lot of shows I used to watch on YouTube have gone down that same road. Maybe I'm the outlier here, but after a while, these types of shows kind of grow tiresome. As far as my current podcasting listening goes, I've trimmed down the number of shows I listen to on a daily basis. I start off my day listening to Daybreak Insider for somewhat unbiased news. While driving around, I listen to either the No Agenda podcast or the New Media Show. No Agenda is for news media breakdown or deconstruction, while the New Media Show covers the podcasting industry. I finished my podcast listening day catching up on the first five seasons of the Magnus Archives, which has dethroned the No Sleep podcast as my favorite scripted podcast in the horror genre. And speaking of the Magnus Archives, they held a Kickstarter for a follow-on show called the Magnus Protocol, in which they hoped to raise $16,000, but raised over $800,000 instead. Well, that's a lot of dough. For their sakes, I hope the new podcast lives up to expectations. In regards to the podcast listening apps I use, I've whittled them down to two from the original four I had loaded on my phone. I use Pocket Cast mainly because of its compatibility with CarPlay and Podcast Guru for its podcasting 2.0 features. Both of these are subscription-based apps, but they have a free tier and some of the features of the paid versions. Yes, it's time for a rant. Yeah, I actually have a rant this week. Wow! Marijuana is now legal for personal use in most states, and boy, are people taking advantage of it. This is evidenced by the unmistakable smell of the stink weed wafting around just about everywhere you go these days. Be it in the parking lot of shopping centers, train stations, and from passing vehicles on the roads and highways. You know, if I can smell the stench of marijuana emanating from your car while traveling at 55 miles per hour or more... I have to ask, how much weed have you been smoking? Combine this with the need to also be on your cell phone, texting or posting to social media while speeding around and you have a recipe for disaster. Our roads and highways are becoming like a scene from Mad Max with wreckage from catastrophic collisions piling up faster than the towing surfaces can respond to. A few weeks ago, my son's car was hit while it was parked in front of the house. Of course, the moron who did this kept going, as most do these days. I use ring security cameras and get alerts from neighbors about events occurring around my area, and it seems that a day doesn't go by without a report of someone's parked car being hit and the mope who did it taking off, never to be caught or held responsible. Now, I'm not saying marijuana is the sole cause of this. Distracted driving probably is the leading cause. What I'm saying is that when you combine an already distracted driver with alcohol and or marijuana, what do you think the end result will be? I don't care what you want to do, but when it affects others, then I have a problem with it. A legal marijuana dispensary has just opened a couple of towns over with great fanfare, and it was reported that the lines were around the block people waiting to purchase its products. Let's just hope that these users will treat marijuana like alcohol and be somewhat responsible. No. They shouldn't be tooling around at high speeds while buzzing on the latest hemp derivative. Eh, what am I thinking? In ancient times when I was a kid, there was a saying that went like this. If it feels good, do it. Well, that appears to be the mantra everyone is again attempting to live by these days with no care or consideration for others. Now, how was that for a get off my lawn old fart boomerang? <laughs> well, the music is playing. That means yet another... This time, short episode of the OFNT Podcast is coming to an end. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be greatly appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com. If you're so inclined, I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, if you're finished listening, why don't you spark up a doob and get off my lawn. Stay skeptical. I'm out. See ya.